The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. Well, good morning, New Song Church. How's everybody doing? Good to see you this morning on a Sunday morning. We're back. Right, good to be back with you. Thank you all for being here today. Man, wasn't worship great today? So, so good. And uh, I, I want to do this again. I want to recognize a group of people that are not up here that are kind of in the shadows, but that is our production team back here. Jay and Casey and all of our guys back there. Thank you guys. We, I, we, we were talking this morning about when we first started the church and like every week we would have sound issues and all sorts of stuff. Like you'd just be up here and all of a sudden the sound system would just make this huge screeching sound. And let me just tell you, that really helps you preach a good word whenever you're scared and you can now see that everybody else is all going, oh my gosh, we're alive still. Like, yeah, that's, that's not a good way to preach a message. But Man, those guys do such a good job. They're here early, setting this all up, getting this all done. And so, yes, thank you. Let's give them one more big hand, our production team. So glad that you're with us here today. Uh, if you would, get, get out your phones, check in, let people know that you're here. I want to also welcome everyone that's watching online with us on YouTube Church. Let's say hi to all those people. Give them a good shout. Glad to have you with us. If you have your Bible, go ahead and turn with me to Second John. As you turn, well, and then the lights go out. You're talking up the production team and then the lights go out. Okay, there we go. Second John, there's only one book, uh, one chapter to it. So second John, we're gonna look at verse eight here in a minute. Also, you saw that video for withholding nothing. I wanna encourage you ladies of the church, uh, make sure you attend that. I was told last week, I said, you need to get tickets. You don't need to get tickets. I was wrong. So all you gotta do is show up. Uh, but it's going to be a great night. There's going to be some words given, extended worship. I know Sarah and her team have been putting a lot of time and, and effort into that. And I'm, I'm telling you, it's going to be well worth it. So get your babysitter set. Husbands, get ready to watch the kids. It's going to be good. And make sure you're, you're here for that. We're in a series called Lost Art. And what we're doing in this series is we're looking at some of the things that are becoming a, a lost art form in the world that we live in. Things that we should be doing that we're not doing, or even things that maybe we are doing, but we're not doing them from a biblical perspective, all right? So 2 John, verse 8, look at this with me. It says, look to yourself. So everybody say, look to myself. So understand this, this message is for everyone in here today, but how I want you to process this is not like this is for you, this is for me, looking to yourself, all right? Look to yourself, that we do not lose the things we worked for, that we've, we've made an effort for, but that we may receive a full reward. Everybody say full reward. Okay, so I hope you know this this morning, God is a rewarder. How many of you know that this morning? God's a rewarder. All through scripture, we see that, that principle, that concept that God wants to reward you. He wants to bless you. He's got, be, uh, he's got blessings for you. He's got benefits for you. But, but in order to experience some of those, it takes a little bit of effort. It takes a little bit of work. There's a part that we play in experiencing those. So the Bible says this in John 15, verse 1. Uh, God is introducing himself in this verse to, to Abraham. He says it like this. He says, I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. God is a rewarder. Colossians 3.24 says, you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. Okay, so God is a rewarder. And this verse we just read, 2 John verse 8, tells us that he wants you to experience the full reward, right? 
So if the verse tells us that we can experience a full reward, here's what that tells me. There's also the potential that you do not uh, experience the full reward. There's a potential that you would just experience a partial reward. There's the potential that you might receive no reward, right? Right, church? Yes. Right. So, but, but God wants you to experience a, a full reward. So understand this, when I talk about this reward, I'm not talking about salvation this morning, okay? The reward of, of salvation, the reward of eternal life in Jesus Christ, that's not something that you can, you can earn. That's something that Jesus has earned for you. It's available by grace through faith. You put your, your faith in what the work of Jesus on the cross, and now by grace, you're able to receive of that and experience eternal life in Jesus Christ. That's not something that we have to work for or earn. Jesus did that for us. But there are blessings here on this earth and, and in heaven that, 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 that we can uh, acquire through the effort, through the work, through what we do and how we live our life. If you've been a new song for any amount of time, you've probably heard me say this before, there is a premise to every promise. The Bible is full of promises. The Bible is full of, of blessings and benefits that come with following God. But if you look at these promises, what you're going to discover is either before them or after them, there is a premise. There's something that you have to do. There's some effort that you have to make in order to position yourself for the promise. They're not automatic. Just because you got saved doesn't mean that everything's just going to fall in place for you. There's a part that you play in this. Let, let me show you this. For example, Hebrews 11:6 it says this. It says, he that's talking about God... God is a rewarder. That's the promise. God wants to reward you. Here's the premise of those who diligently seek him. Okay, so you diligently seek the Lord and his promise is that he's gonna reward you for it. Psalms 19 verse 11 Sarah says, there is a great reward, that's the promise, in keeping God's word. That's the premise. You keep God's word and there's a reward that comes with that. So, so here's the thing, New Song Church. God's a rewarder. He wants to reward you, and there is a full reward that's available to you. But, but here's the thing about it. The level of obedience you walk in determines the level of blessing or reward that you walk in. You have a part to play in this. And, and, and so you, maybe you're sitting here right now, and you're going, okay, that's great. What does this have to do with lost art? Like, what does this have to do with our series? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because uh, you're going to discover something if you start to look at Scripture, one of the, the key components to you experiencing the rewards of God is what I'm going to talk to you about today, and that is the lost art of honor. If you're taking notes this morning, write this down. You're going to hear this a lot today. Honor is a big deal. Honor is a big deal. Honoring God, honoring godly authority, honoring the things that God has called us to honor is a big deal, and it is a huge factor in you experiencing the rewards and the blessings and the benefits that God wants you to experience. You gotta be a person of honor. Honor is a big deal. And so uh, you look at the world we live in today and you can definitely see that like this is definitely something that's becoming a lost art form, isn't it? Like you look at TV, you look at movies, you look at music, you look at politics, you, <laughs> you look at, just media as a whole, and you're gonna see honor is not something that is held with high regard. Like, I, I was just thinking about this this week as I was preparing for this. You, you look at stuff like, I think of stuff like TV. And you know, the Bible tells us that we're to honor godly authority. One of those authorities is you honor your father and mother. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, right? 
I mean, look at TV, look at movies right now. One of the big messages is, is not a, a message of honoring the family, of honoring mom and dad. Typically, television shows portray dads as being idiots, <laughs> being kind of these bumbling morons who just keep making mistakes and don't really know what's going on. And then there's mom, and she's kind of an emotional roller coaster, a little bit of a mess. Like, this is one of the major messages that's out there for our children and for us. Uh, another message that, that I see all the time, and you're gonna, as I talk about this, you're going to see it, is this message of going rogue, like this idea. In fact, I, I laugh at this because this is so prevalent. You see this all the time, this message. Okay, so you're watching a show, and all of a sudden, it's like you recognize, okay, that guy, there's a guy, and he's got to do something, but the people above him just don't get it, right? Anybody like me and Sarah will be watching a show, and I'll be like, guess what? I bet his boss isn't going to get it, or I bet the captain isn't gonna get it, right? This is like a message all the time, and so they have to go rogue. There's a show called 24. You guys remember 24? Okay, so we used to watch this show, and this is the message of this show, okay? Every season, every episode, here's the deal. Jack Bauer's got 24 hours to save the world, and everybody around him, except for a few people, especially the leaders above him, are complete morons, right? They have no idea what they're doing. They don't see things the way he sees things. They don't get it. They don't understand it, or they're corrupt, and they're trying to kill everybody in the United States of America or whatever, and so Jack has to make a decision. He's either going to follow them and come under their authority and everybody's going to die, or he has to do things his own way. He has to go rogue. And so what does he do? He goes rogue. He doesn't go by the book. He doesn't listen to his leaders. And he becomes, you know, he's wanted now and he's trying to save the world while he's also wanted by the law himself. And it just, this whole thing. But at the end of the day, his decision to go rogue is what ends up saving today. Thank God he didn't listen to authority. Thank God he didn't play it by the book. This is the message of 24. And this is a message that we see all through media, all through music. Think about music. Music doesn't honor the things that God honors. Like listen to some songs sometime. Yesterday I flipped on the radio in my car for just a minute and there was this song and it was just talking about money. <laughs> like how awesome money is and how I got my mind on my money and I got to get this money. And it was just like, man, this is so not what the Bible teaches. It's awesome. Um, but this is what we see all the time. Like, think about songs. Like, songs don't honor women. A lot of t the songs, they talk about women as being objects. And even women who are singing these songs have made themselves into objects. In music videos, songs don't honor the things God honors. They don't honor the family. They don't honor parent, parental authority. Parents just don't understand, right? Like, this is, these are the themes. And, and so the idea here is that this idea of going rogue, of, of, of people not getting it. And, and what happens is it's, it's telling us, you gotta do things your way. You, gotta, you can't play it by the book. You gotta do it your way. And if you do, there's rewards that come with that. You can be famous. You can be rich. You can get attention. This is how you do it. You do it this way and you can have all these incredible benefits and rewards. And let me just tell you, that idea... Like that concept, for real, really, like could not be any further from the truth. Like the, the Bible, here's what the Bible tells us. That when you honor God and you honor godly authority, that's when you step into the reward. Yeah. 
That's when you experience the benefits and the blessings and the things that come from on. Not, not when you do things your way, not when, when you do it by the book, by what the word of God says, that's when you're gonna experience the blessing of God. But this is the world that we're, we're living in today and this is the world that we're raising our kids in today and it's, it's a dangerous thing. And so honor is a big deal. In fact, honor is such a big deal, it made God's top 10 list. The 10 commandments, Exodus 20 verse 12 says this, it says, honor your father and mother that your day may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. So think about it, God was giving these 10 commandments. These were 10 laws to live by that were gonna help his, his children to live the life he wanted them to experience and, and honor, this idea of honor was in there. And what's interesting is a lot of times when the Bible talks about honor, it, 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 it explains it from this perspective of getting this into your children. And here's why, because God wants us to get this concept at an early, early age. See, the way God designed it was he wanted us to raise our children and even for you to be raised in a world where you have parents that are able to reflect for you the image of the love and care and provision of God for you here on this earth. And so you would learn how to obey them and honor them so that someday when you're out from under their care and you step into the, to the world on your own, you're not on your own, you step under the authority of God under the provision of God, and you know how to honor and obey him. So God wants us to get this early on. That's why he, he stresses it. That's why it's such a big deal. God knows the consequences that come when you don't do this the right way, and God knows the rewards that come if you do it the right way. So honor is a big deal. And if you look at the life of Jesus, you're gonna, you're gonna see something in his life. There were a lot of people that were around him, a lot of people that sat under the ministry of Jesus and there were some people who experienced the full reward. They received the benefits and blessings that Jesus came to bring them. There were some people that only received partial reward. And there were some people that received no reward. And what I see as you look at scripture, and what I want to show you today is, is that the factor that played into the reward they experienced is this factor we're talking about today. This, this thing that's becoming a lost art in the world that we live in today, and that is honor. Let me show you this. Go to, go to Mark chapter 6. If you have your Bible, go to Mark chapter 6. And in this, uh, in this story here, Jesus is in his hometown. And at this time in Jesus' ministry, he is full on doing ministry and, and operating like fully functioning in the power of his ministry. People are being healed. People are being set free. Like incredible miracles are taking place. Jesus is giving them revelation into the heart of God and who God is and God's plan for the world like never before. And Jesus shows up in his hometown. It says this in verse five, check this out. It says, now he could do no mighty work there except he laid hands on a few sick people and he healed them. Okay, so remember, Jesus is full-on functioning in his calling. He's full-on doing amazing things. And he shows up in his hometown, and we see that the ministry of Jesus is restrained. Notice what it says. It doesn't say he wouldn't do any mighty work. It says he couldn't do any mighty work. Look at what the Amplified says. Mark 6, same verse in the Amplified. It says he was not able to do any mighty work. Jesus is restrained from doing what he does. In Acts uh, chapter 10, verse 38, 
we, we get an idea of who Jesus is. This verse kind of explains the heart of the ministry that Jesus did. It says that he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed. Where it says doing good there, that doing good actually means bestowing benefits, giving rewards. That's what Jesus did. That's what his ministry was all about. Bestowing benefits, giving rewards, blessing people. And yet he shows up in his hometown and he can't do it. Not, not that he wouldn't. He couldn't. Something was restraining Jesus from doing what he does. Now, I think it's important that we understand what was restraining him. Because maybe in your life today, maybe there's some blessings and some benefits, some things that you, are, you desire to experience from the Lord and you haven't seen them take place in your life yet. And maybe, I'm not saying it is, but maybe, here's what I'm inviting you to do today, is, is ask yourself, maybe is this the thing that's keeping me from the promise God has for me? Is what they were doing, is it something that's maybe happening in my life that's, that's keeping me from the rewards and blessings of God? Look, look at this with me. What, what was it that was restraining them? We look at the verses before Mark 6, 5, verse 1. It says, Jesus went away from there. They came to his hometown. His disciples followed him. And on the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard were astonished. And when it says astonished here, it doesn't mean they were astonished in a good way. And you'll see that by what they say. Look at what it says. They said, where did this man get these things? What is this wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. That phrase took offense at him means that was a stumbling block to them. That tripped them up. So what, what was going on? Jesus tells us, verse four, and Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without, here it is, say it with me, honor. A prophet's not without honor except in his hometown and among his relatives and his own household. What was restraining them was this issue of honor. Honor, that word honor that Jesus uses there means something that is valuable, weighty, precious, such as gold. In other words, that's not how these people saw him. And, and so sometimes how you understand what a word means is you understand what it doesn't mean. The anonym for this word means this, to treat as common, ordinary, to not show respect, to not value. That's how these people saw Jesus. He shows up in this hometown and he's been doing miracles. He's been healing people. And he's restrained, and, and here's why. Because those people look at him and they say, he's common. That's just Jesus. He's just ordinary. He's not anything special. He's not precious. He's, he's of no value. And that attitude, that attitude of not honoring him is what kept them from experiencing the reward that God had for them. Look at this with me. Luke, flip over to Luke chapter 5. In Luke chapter five, we've got Jesus. He's teaching in this house. And the Bible says that there were Pharisees there. There were teachers and preachers of the day. Those, those people were here. Look at this, verse 17. Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. Now look at this. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Okay, so Jesus is there, he's preaching, and it says the power of the Lord is present to heal them. Who's them? The Pharisees, the preachers, and the teachers, right? Sometimes we read the Bible and we just think that God was just mad at the Pharisees, didn't want to do anything for them. No, he wanted to help them too. 
he wanted to minister to him. You know, there were some Pharisees there that day that probably had some pains and some aches in their body. And the power of God was present to heal them. Here's what this tells me. We can be in an atmosphere where God's moving, but if our heart is not in the right place, what God has for us could be withheld from us. None of those Pharisees, none of those people received any healing, but somebody did. Look at this. Verse 18, some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof and took off some of the tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down in the crowd right in front of Jesus. Verse 20, when he saw their faith, whose faith? The the faith of the paralyzed man and the men, the four men who brought him to Jesus. And what you're going to see a lot of times, in fact, in all these stories is typically when someone walks in honor, they're also able to walk in faith. Because here's what faith says. Here's what these men were doing. They were saying, "We, we, we see who you really are. We know what you're capable of. We see you as being God. We know you've got the power. And so we honor you by saying, you can do what we know that you're capable of doing. That's faith. That's honor right there. Look at this. Jesus said to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. Now check this out. Verse 21. But the Pharisees and teachers of religious law said to themselves. So understand what it says. Said to themselves. That means, that doesn't mean like they got together and they were talking amongst themselves. It doesn't mean they even said it to themselves. They actually, these were thoughts in their mind. This was coming from their heart. What did they say? Look at this. Who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Here's what they're saying. Who's this ordinary guy I think he is saying this? This common guy. Only God can do this. He can't do this. He's not valuable. He's not precious. You see how they're dishonoring Jesus in their hearts here? And then Jesus decides to show up and prove to them that he is God. He starts with this, verse 22. Jesus knew what they were thinking. That's Jesus right there. Hey guys, just so you know, I can read your mind right now. So here's what you're thinking. Let me first tell you that. He says, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier for, to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I will prove to you that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. And immediately as everyone watched, as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat and went home praising God. Verse 26, and they were all amazed. Everybody there that day left amazed, but five people left receiving the reward. What was the difference? The difference was five people honored God and the rest of them dishonored God. But the power of God was available for everybody. But honor is what withheld the blessing and the reward of God from being present in their life. Let me show you one more example of this. Matthew chapter 8. In Matthew chapter 8, we have a Roman centurion. He is a captain of a hundred Roman soldiers. And he has, uh, his servant is, is being vexed by, uh, by sickness. He says this. He says, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. That, that means tormented by the enemy. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, check this out. Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof. That statement is a huge statement of honor coming from this Roman centurion. But only speak a word and give my, and and my servant will be healed. Okay, so understand, you got to understand the times in which this is being said. 
this is a Roman centurion captain of the guard right here. This guy is a figure of authority and power in the most powerful kingdom that exists in the world at this time. His kingdom has power and authority and rules over the Jewish Hebrew people. So this guy who is, who is elite within his kingdom is talking to someone who is conquered by his kingdom, right? Who is a Jewish Hebrew carpenter and he's saying, I'm not worthy that you should come under my house. You, got, you, you see the honor that he's displaying to Jesus? This is the conquering talking to the conquered and saying, I'm not worthy. He goes on to say this, for, for I also am a man under authority. He, he's saying, I understand authority. Having soldiers under me, I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. So he's saying, I get how this works. You've got authority. You're in charge. What I say, people do. Things start moving when I speak, and you're the same way. So all you got to do is say a word. He has faith in Jesus. He's honoring Jesus. Look at this. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Verse 13, then Jesus said to the centurion, go your way and as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. The Roman centurion received the full reward. He received what he wanted from God. Why? Because he understood honor and authority and he walked by faith with Jesus. What, what authority? When you understand authority, here's what you understand. I honor godly authority. That's what he got. And so here's what I want you to see. Your level of, of honor determines the level of blessing, the level of reward. Some people experience no reward because they did not honor Jesus. Some people, there's a partial reward because they kind of honored Jesus, but not exactly. And, and then some people received a full reward and honor was the key component. My friends, honor is a big deal. And so you're hearing this this morning and maybe you're going, okay, I get it. So what do I do? Like, how do I operate in this? Because I'll say this, I think maybe for some of you, you maybe get it, but you don't fully understand it. So I want to help you really understand what godly authority and godly honor looks like today. And in order to understand that, you have to understand the three tiers of authority that God has placed that every one of us come in contact with on a daily basis. For that, go to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10, we're gonna look at verse 40. It says this, he who receives. Now, we're gonna exchange that word receives for the word honor because really it means the exact same thing, okay? So I'll read it like this. He who honors you, so he's talking to his disciples, he who honors you honors me. He who honors me honors him who sent me. So he's saying if, you, if they honor you, they're honoring me, and if they're honoring me, they're honoring God, all right? He who honors a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet. Say this with me, reward. Say it like you mean it, reward, okay? So you honor peop the, the, these people in leadership, these prophets, these people, then you're honoring Jesus, then you're honoring God, and you're gonna receive a reward for it. Keeps going from there. And he who honors a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man. Does everybody say it? Reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones, he's talking about these little kids. Well, these little ones, only a cup of cold water. In other words, here's what he's saying. Honor those little kids. That's what he's saying here. Whoever gives one of them a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, assuredly I say to you, he shall by no means lose his, everybody say it, reward. Okay, so 
Every human being that you're going to come in contact with is going to fall into one of these three categories of authority. And how we relate to these categories of authority is going to determine the reward and how we see these categories of authority. So what are the, the three categories of authority we see here? Here's the first one. Those who are above us in authority. These are our leaders. These are the people that are above us. Here's the second one. Those who are on our level of authority. These are the people that we walk hand in hand with. We walk beside them. Uh, these are the people beside us in authority. And number three is those who are entrusted to our authority, or as this verse says, those little ones, or they would be the people that are, that are beneath us in authority. And how you honor these three levels determines the blessing and reward in your life. And what Jesus says is how you honor them is how you honor me. In fact, look at this verse. This is a huge verse for you to see this morning. Matthew 25, verse 40. Jesus, Jesus talking, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Jesus says this. He says, how you honor people is how you honor Jesus. How you treat others is how you treat me. And what did we say? How we treat Jesus, how we honor Jesus determines the kind of reward and blessing we have in our life. So maybe, maybe we need to understand how we honor these levels of authority in a little bit greater way. I wanna help you with that this morning. So I wanna give you three things that God showed me this week, the Holy Spirit put on my heart this week that I think will help you in practicing honor and being a person who practices honor so you can have the promises of God, okay? Here's the first thing God, God showed me this week. You gotta honor with your words. Honor with your words. So let me say it like this. Don't talk trash. Don't gossip. Don't backbite. What are you posting? Instead, let me say, instead of that, Pray. Hey, I, I dare you to show me the verse in the Bible that talks about griping and gossiping that's gonna lead to blessing. And yet, w w that's what we see, isn't it? And what we also see is that prayer for these areas, some of these things, is becoming a lost art form. There's a lot of people that love to get on social media and gripe about the political leaders. I, I, I promise you they're not praying. Because if they were praying, then God would show them, hey, this is not helping. Amen? But, but that's what we do. Now, understand this. The Bible says this in Romans 13, 1. It says, everyone, everyone, that's me and you, right? Everyone, everyone must submit to governing authorities for all authority comes from God. All authority comes from God. The IRS, <laughs> political figures, domestic and foreign, police officers, <laughs> All authority comes from God is what the, the verse tells us. You say, well, well, how come some of this authority is so wicked and evil? It's because we, we live in a broken, fallen world. And, and the Bible says the wages of sin is, is death. And some of what we're experiencing in politics and in leadership in the world around us is due to the fact that the sins of our fathers and the, and the sins that we're allowing and continuing to walk in. But, but really, the point is this. How do you honor the authority above you? Because God says you need to honor it. God says you need to honor your father and mother. The Bible says that you need to honor kings and those in authority over us. And how you honor them, Jesus says, is how you, you honor me. What you say about them, what you say about that political leader, what you post, you're posting that about Jesus. I'm stepping on toes this morning, all right? Here's the thing. I, I, I want to help you, though, because I, I believe what the Word of God says, 
I really do. I hope you do too. But I don't, I don't want you to be kept from the blessings that God has for you. And, I, and maybe, maybe you're doing some stuff that you need to change. You need to stop because it's hurting you. Young people, how you honor your parents, what you say about your mom and dad. When you, when you dishonor them, when you talk to your friends about how stupid your parents are, how they don't get it, you're talking about Jesus. That's what Jesus said. We need to be people who speak with honor. Now, again, remember, this isn't just the, the, the authority above us. Remember, it's the authority beside us and it's the authority below us. And sometimes we, we get that we're supposed to honor those above us, but what about the people you walk hand in hand with? You walk beside your spouse, your friends, your children. Do you honor them? You know, uh, wives, you know what the number one need of every man is, every husband, this is the number one mega need of all men. It is what I'm talking about today. It is honor. Now, moms, you know what the number one need of every little boy is? Same thing, honor. So my question is, do you honor your children? Do you communicate to them? Do you, dis do you disciple them? Do you discipline them in a way that is honoring? Now, I get it, like even with like, you know, political leaders, like I'm not saying you can't speak the truth. We're, but, but what does the Bible say? We're to speak the truth in Love, right? We can still do that in an honoring way. We don't have to just let things go and not stand up for anything that's right. You can do that. You just do it in an honoring way. How do you talk to your children? How do you talk to your spouse? How do you talk to your friends? Listen, I am preaching to myself this morning. <laughs> I'm a guy, right? Guys like to be sarcastic and we joke and we razz each other, but do we ever honor each other? Do we ever encourage our friends? Do we ever do this stuff? How we honor this authority is a big deal. What you say is a big deal. And I would encourage you, we need to be people of prayer. When you, instead of just griping about stuff, instead of just, it, listen, it's, it's like Thumper said, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Some of you just need to shut up. <laughs> but I, I'd also encourage you, don't, like, use, use your words to speak life. Pray over our political leaders. Pray over your spouse. Pray over your children. Pray over that boss that you think is a moron. Pray over them. That can actually make a difference. Gossip, none of that helps. I mean, real, real quick on gossip, let me just say this. Here's how you know it's gossip. If you can't do anything about it, and yet you're talking about it, it's gossip. Okay, moving right along. <laughs> Honor with your words. Honor with your actions. Okay, ready? Do you pay your taxes? Do you cheat on your taxes? If, if, if you had to employ you and you knew what you did, would you fire you? Yee! <laughs> Young people, when your mom and dad say, hey, go clean your room, and you go throw everything under your bed or you just toss it in the closet, that's not honoring. You're obeying, but you're not honoring. Here's, here's another one for you. How do you serve others? You know, one of the things I love about this church is we've got some people in our church that are movers and shakers. I mean, some people that are making an impact 
in our community, in our city, people who are running businesses, who are influential, who are making lots of money and they're using it for the right things. And you know what I've seen? In all of these people, all of them are serving here in the church. And they're not just serving, they're serving in kids' classrooms, they're serving in the parking lot. You would never even know the kind of influence some of these people have. But here's why they're where they're at and you might be where you're at. Because they look at situations and they say, nothing's beneath me. That was a question God posed to me this week. Is there something that's beneath you when it comes to service? Because we're supposed to be Christ-like, right? And the image I see in Jesus is the image of someone who got down and washed the disciples' feet. And then who later laid down his life and despised the shame but took it on on the cross. Was willing to do whatever it took I'm just trying to let you know there's some rewards God has for you. But some of you, I, I've seen it before. There's some people and they're like, I, I, you know, I'm, I've, I've got some ministry experience, so I'm not going to go back there and serve those kids. I love that Jesus threw that in, by the way. Give a cup of cold water to a kid. Because here's what he was saying. I've worked in children's ministry before. And let me just tell you, it's a faith ministry, my friends. When I, when I worked, nowadays, here's what's great. I, I go out in the lobby after service and, you know, just like first service, I've got people that are coming up. They're like, man, that message is so good. I really needed that. This series has been great. I, I hear praise reports all the time. When I was working in children's ministry, never happened. Never had a kid come up to me and just be like, Pastor Josh, this series, whoo. It has shaken some stuff loose. Let me just tell you. That stuff last week in Ephesians, dang, no, no, never. I, I'd be, half the time when you're preaching in kids, like they're flipping upside down in your chairs and you're going, you're like trying to minister and going, hey, sit up straight and talk, stop that. But you, but you're doing this. Listen, here's what happens is you're, you're serving in faith because as you serve them, you know, they can't do anything for you. But what you do in that moment is you position where Jesus is the one who has to do, do something for you. He becomes your exceeding great reward, right? And so that's why, like, nothing, nothing should be beneath you. Because if it's beneath you, let me just tell you, you put a lid on what God can do for you. So you got to get this right. Honor with your actions. Here's, here's the, third, the last one, the third one. Honor with your heart. Honor with your heart. Now, I get it. Like, I know some of you, you may be sitting here and you're going, yeah, but you don't understand the authority above me. Like, I know the Bible says children obey your parents in the Lord, but my parents were wicked. And I know that that's true. Some of you had wicked parents, not just like they weren't good parents, like they were evil. Some of them wronged you. They sinned against you. They did stuff that you've had to recover from. I get it. And, and so it's hard for you. Or maybe you, you've got a boss or you've got somebody and you're like, how do I do this when they're like that? Here's how you do it. You choose to do it by faith. Remember I said honor is, is, is an act of faith. You're, you're choosing to honor them because here's what happens. If you're saying, I don't wanna honor them, here's what you're saying. I don't forgive what they did. That's unforgiveness. I don't trust God enough that if I honor them. Now, listen, I'm not saying you honor their actions. I'm not saying you honor what they did. What they did was wrong. I'm not saying you invite them back into your home or in, in your life and around your children. No, no, no. Some of the things they did have disqualified them from some of the privileges of relationship, okay? So I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is if you choose to say, okay, God, I understand that they were not perfect, 
that maybe they didn't have a revelation of the love of Jesus like I do. Maybe they didn't have the, a partnership with the Holy Spirit. Maybe they didn't see what I see in the word right now, but I choose to forgive them. I'm gonna honor them by forgiving them and trusting you with them because I know if I hold on to this unforgiveness, it's not doing anything to them. It's only hurting me and keeping me from some of the reward you have for me. I'm gonna honor them with my heart. I'm gonna forgive them. What I want you to see this morning, church, is that honor is a big deal. It's a big deal. And there's a full reward that God has for you and he wants you to experience it. He doesn't wanna withhold it from you. He wants you to have it. But some of us, we've got some stuff in our life that are, that's restraining Jesus from the full reward he wants to bring into your life. And this full reward I'm talking about, understand, I'm not talking about heaven someday. Like that's, there is rewards in heaven and that's coming. But I'm talking about some blessings and some rewards that God has for you now here. In fact, when the Bible is talking in the, in, in, to the, in the Ten Commandments to the children of Israel about being blessed in this land of promise, that's not talking about heaven to them. It was talking about an earthly uh, land. And that, that, that's a picture for us as Christians of, of the anointing and the destiny and the call of God. And one of the ways we know that's not just in heaven someday is the promised land was full of enemies. When the children of Israel walked into, into the promised land, there was all sorts of enemies. There were still battles to be fought, but the promise of God was, I'll fight the battles for you if you just do it my way. And that promise remains for you this day. God wants to bless you in the middle of your enemies. And he, he makes a table for us in the presence of our enemies. He wants to take care of you and provide for you and reward you here on this earth with blessings. But how you honor godly authority is gonna determine what happens in your life. How you honor God, how you honor Jesus, and how you honor godly authority, those above you, those beside you, and those beneath you is gonna determine the reward of God in your life. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? What's the Holy Spirit saying to you today in this message? I, I really felt this week as I studied this and prepared for this message that God wants you to hear this today, church. There's some things that God has for you, some rewards and some blessings that have been restrained. They've, they've been withheld, not because God doesn't wanna give them to you because he couldn't give them to you because of some of the, the dishonor, some of the lack of honor that you've had in operation in your life. And so I pray today through this message that the Holy Spirit's showing you, revealing some of this to you. Maybe he's showing you someone you need to forgive. Maybe he's showing someone you need to quit talking about and start praying for them. Maybe he's showing you, you just need to be quiet. Quit talking about stuff you have no business talking about. Maybe he, he's showing you today, use your words to build life and make a difference. Whatever it is, my encouragement to you is to obey what God's saying. Be a doer of the word. Because in the doing, you'll find the blessing. Lord, I thank you for this word this morning. Lord, I thank you for the revelation that you've made available to us. Lord, we choose to be a church of honor. We choose to be a people of honor. I know, God, that you have blessings for our church and our city and our community and our homes and our families and our schools and, 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 and our workplaces, Lord. There's things you wanna do in us and through us, Lord. And so we, we don't want those things withheld, Lord. We don't wanna stop you from working through us the way you want to, God. So we say today, Holy Spirit, speak to us, show us and help us to change, Lord, in Jesus' name.
Amen, amen. With your head still bowed and eyes closed, if you're here today, maybe you don't have a relationship with, with God like you know you should. Maybe you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life and you would like to do that today. I, I wanna help you with that. The Bible says that if, you can, if you'll call on the name of the Lord, that you can be saved. And so I wanna help you in, in that and in, in experiencing the life that God has for you. Maybe you're here today and you, you don't know where you stand with God. God feels like he's really far away and you, you don't like that. You want that to change. I wanna encourage you, pray this prayer with me this morning. And church, since we're all in agreement, let's say this together. Say, Father God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for my sins. I confess I'm a sinner and I need a savior. And Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me. And I believe you rose from the grave so I could be raised to new life in you. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my life. I give you my past. I give you my all. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, let's give him a hand. Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.